Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 117 of Justified Pursuit. It's great to be here with you and equally awesome to have the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, riding shotgun, as always. How are you doing, my friend? I come to you and y'all today with a heavy heart. Um, hmm. My grandfather passed away this morning. Oh. Uh, Sorry, this is news to me too. Yeah, um, I I know. I <laughs> yeah, not that I exactly planned it that way, but yeah, I did. I did just hit cable with that. Um, usually Chisholm and I text pretty much every day if one of us not isn't out of town. Yeah. So I and I, you were kind of like even before I just heard this news. You were kind of hard to get a hold of this week. Like I had to send you a pathetic test text that said, "I'm invisible." Yeah, I'm sorry for that, man. <laughs> um, you don't need to apologize. Yeah, I'm just saying. Usually we talk a lot, so I, I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a, 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 a yeah. Um, I did I mention last week the men's retreat. Um, which I know I talked about last year. It was last weekend. No, you didn't mention it. Yeah, so you know we we talked about it last year when when we had it, and then so this year's church men's retreat was this past weekend, and I was much more involved in in planning and organizing it this year. Um, <laughs> one of the guys referred to me as the spiritual director. Uh, because oh. I, I just had like the whole planning session or time, time frame going back to like August. I, God just kept giving me downloads, um, of what we needed to be talking about while in the, in, you know, a group of four men, you know, Bible says when two or more gather in his name there, he'll be right. So like there was these conversations that would lead to these, what I now know is the Holy spirit telling me, all right, here's what this retreat should be about. We hadn't ever had a theme before. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little cautious of themes, right? I think theme stuff can be a little overdone. You got to leave room for guys to talk about what's on their heart and you got to, you know, let leave room for God to move. Right. But <clears throat> it had always been like five random talks kind of completely un untied together and kind of unguided and some of the feedback from like our pastors, cause this is a lay led, you know, just guys of Riverside church, thing we do was hey kind of try to tie the thing together this year right and and I had had the same thought so the theme was relationships and then there was a day where God said like he the four of us were talking one morning and each of us were talking about our relation relationships with God and with our family and with others from like a different perspective and I was like I think we need to have a that'll be our theme and it's kind of always been the whole purpose you know is like get guys together to get closer to God and closer to each other right and then there was another day a couple months later where he just hit me with commitment, communication, love, grace, and sacrifice. Those should be the five, like what I was calling like aspects, be later called guardrails mm-hmm. of relationships. Right. And, and then he just like poured into me guys from my church that each of whom could speak beautifully based on their own testimony to each of those things. Right. One guy who on that, on that ill-fated Neil guy hunt that I lost the Neil guy on was, on fire one night saying he's got you didn't this lose his, one of his horns though uh yeah it's sitting right here 
There it is. There it is. <laughs> Infamous nil guy horn. Got the horn, but no nil guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, horn soup. <clears throat> the Marine Corps buddy, sniper friend of mine, was telling me that he had this talk bubbling inside of him about staying committed and even in the good times that, you know, it's, you know, everybody hits their knees and prays when things are rough, but it's like being disciplined and, and committed even when things are going well and giving all that glory to God rather than to yourself. And I was like, sounds like you're leading off bro. And then I had, you know, a friend that I've made at our church that had a divorce and rough divorce and he's got two teenage daughters and, you know, I've, I've, met him right as he was going through the hell of that and then have known him since and watched how he poured into his daughters and watched them like blossom and transform and from like goth like frankly like one of them was sort of dressing like a boy i was gonna say future trans kid into beautiful young ladies and you know he because he was like i'm not gonna let my kids be a statistic i'm gonna triple down on being a good dad you know and mm-hmm. So he talked about communication, and then another friend of mine has uh, lots of scars from his past, from mom, and this and that. And so he talked about grace, and it was really good. Um, but along the way, man, the devil tried like hell to like take me out of it. You know, my grandfather had his had a heart attack and stroke. Well, thirteen days ago to the day. So that was looming, right? But then like all last week it was news was, oh, he's actually getting kind of better and they're gonna move him to a rehab facility and you know, not expecting him to pass. And it's like, okay, well maybe that situation's gonna take a while, you know, and not gonna be obviously if my grandfather passed and we needed to have a funeral, that's where I would be, right? And then How old was your grandfather? Ninety four. Yeah, let me let me let me share that. So my grandfather was ninety four years old. He was a Marine during the Korea era, although he never deployed. Um, he taught me how to shoot, taught me how to hunt, uh, taught me a lot about being a man. Uh, as a kid, he was definitely my hero, like every boy's grandfather. Um, you know, 94 years old, he got 21 more years than the average American male. Mm-hmm. Um, the last year especially, he'd gotten to the point where he really couldn't really talk to us not that he couldn't talk but he just like the the life force had just almost drained away you know um and when did your grandmother pass my grandmother his wife my mom's mom is still alive okay so she's my last grandparent um yeah lucky you had them that long i know i mean that's how i feel today i said a heavy heart it's a mixed bag what i really feel is blessed to have been into my 40s with two grandparents still and Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, thankful because it was time. You know, it was time. Like he he had the heart attack and stroke thirteen days ago when he came to from it, and you know how people who had a stroke communicate, right? Like, mm-hmm. although for him, like he could talk really clearly for a minute, and then it would be almost impossible. And but he told my mom and my aunt that he would he had thirteen days in that hospital, and then he'd be gone. And he died 13 days to the day. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, but he was really uncomfortable. Um, um, he, you know, ever since like his mid-80s, he had all kinds of things going on. I, you know, yeah. I've said to several people, he was, 
he didn't talk much about anything but not crapping his pants for quite some time, right? So, like, <laughs> I, I know he was ready. Um, and most importantly... Yeah, yeah at his age, you never trust a fart or waste an erection. Right. The latter <laughs> probably hasn't happened in a long, long time. <laughs> um, my... Hell, at our age, it's getting starting to feel like that. <laughs> more, on the, <laughs> more on the farting side of things, like... <laughs> yeah might work on your diet a little bit that'd probably help with that a little less booze <clears throat> um yeah so uh, you know again i feel I, I feel blessed to have had him this long and i feel thankful that he's gone home and i feel really thankful you know my, my grandfather definitely was not a religious man he would attend church i can't say if any point in his life he ever just cracked open a bible just to read it i'm not even sure if he has one hmm. as sad as that is to say but he would go you know, it was there when my kids got baptized. A few of them anyway. Um, I don't think he didn't believe in God, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was saved mm-hmm. prior to um, my cousin. So I got two cousins, my mom's sister's kids, uh, Chris and Casey, uh, you know, young man, young woman. They're both doing really well. Casey, especially, man, she's just, turned into like um yeah she's like 10 years younger than me and yet i really admire her in a lot of ways like she's an rn now Mm -hmm. mother of four devout christian her and her husband who we all grew up with um he's one of the he's like a cowboy church pastor um that's cool they're good people and my mom shared that casey got him to say the to repeat the the salvation prayer uh, and accept Jesus. And so she gave like, you know, that, that, that credit to Casey and to God. And then when I actually talked to Casey on Sunday, she was like, man, I was struggling and I didn't know what to say and I couldn't get him to understand the point. And, and then she was like, your mom walked in and like the Holy spirit walked in with her and like, she just knew exactly what to say. And she knew exactly how to break down Papa's barriers and, you know, explain to him it's not he was like i'm not a religious man she's like it's not about religion he's you know it's just about jesus well it's not that simple and they're like yes it is look and they pulled out passages that says it's just that simple bam 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 and so they got him to repeat it so yeah that was good um even that like you know the journey that i've shared about going through with mom and her trump derangement syndrome Sometime last fall, I realized, like, this isn't about politics. This is about spiritual warfare. Um, There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so I, 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 I like, God helped me but, switch but, gears. But, and, but politics tends to, our politics tends to align more with spirituality than the other side, which is trying to transgender our children. So. Right, and that's the one thing that I always knew would eventually allow me to break through to her because she can't stand that crap. Right. And I finally somewhere around January ish had a conversation with her where I, I took that approach. I was like, mom, I don't feel like we live in the same reality because you know, the secretary of state of Minnesota wants to put a drag queen in every, every school and the director of health and human services calls himself Rachel Levine, even though he's got four children and transitioned in his sixties and he wants explicitly and unequivocally and repeating it over and over again to mandate at a federal level that gender affirming care be provided to minor children 
And she couldn't argue with any of that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know why? Um, because it sounds ridiculous coming out of your mouth when you say, I believe in what? No, wait a second. I don't really believe in that. Right. Well, what I was able to do, though, was explain to her, Mom, there's a spiritual battle going on right now. And, you know, I get you don't like Trump. You shouldn't. He's not a good guy, you know? Right. Um, but that shouldn't mean that you s- abandon your faith and all your principles, right? And she shared with me that she had been under attack in her 30s and was taught to pray against this spirit that was poisoning her mind and, and that she was delivered through it. And um, and the next day, she and my dad were talking, and, and she got all worked up and angry about something, and he, thank God, looked at her and said, honey, that's that devil in you. We've got to get that out instead of telling her, you look evil right now, which is what he used to tell her. And um, So we had this so we amazing... Do get, there's, we do get smarter as men as we age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and more you solid look evil our- right now that's what i said to her for 40 years and i finally realized the appropriate term was yeah honey that's that devil inside of you we got to get that out of there sounds better. yeah i'm really summarizing what was a pretty amazing several days of conversations uh you know two mm-hmm. months ago but the, the main point i'm trying to make is that um god helped me take a different approach the last several months and she texted me at the end of deer season on my way home from our last weekend down at the ranch and said, thank you for, as she put it, for reconnecting her to her source of strength. Mm-hmm. Like I had, they, they started watching the chosen and, and like she went from, she hadn't been obsessive and angry about Trump in a while, but she also hadn't been a light. Like she had been like in her forties and fifties when she was, you know, leading walks to Emmaus. And, you know, like one of the top people in charge of the church I grew up in, you know, mm-hmm. that hadn't been there. And, but that's been back for like a couple of months now. And, you know, she thanked me for leading it, but it was God that led me. I say all that because to hear my cousin say that it was really her that walked in, that God like just channeled himself into my grandfather through like, after mom had sort of given her, the, my cousin, the credit for it, it was like, I know that all of the crap that I just kind of wanderingly explained um, prepared her for that moment, you know? Yeah. Like she got, as she put it, reconnected to her source of strength, which allowed her to lead in that moment and, and have my cousins back who, you know, like I said, is an, and is an absolute badass woman, but needed the help of a lady 30 years her senior with that much more life experience in that moment, you know, mm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> man, and Charlotte got sick two weeks ago and then Ashley got sick as a dog last Monday. So they were super sick all last week. So like on every front, it looked like I wasn't going, you know, it's like any of these things are going to keep me from going to this men's retreat that I poured five or six months into to the point where I was like, if I don't go, then that's just God's way of saying, I've got it from here. You served me well. You were obedient. And it's not about you anyway, so you don't need to be there. But the reality was I was very, I had a ton of faith that all those things would sort themselves out by Friday uh, and allow me to go. I really did. Like I believed, like I was at peace if I couldn't, but I also believed that that the devil wasn't going to win. And I mean that so sincerely, dude. The devil... 
anybody who plans this kind of thing, you talk to any pastor that's ever been part of planning an event like this, and they'll tell you, man, the week before, the devil throws every single mess he can at you to try to derail the whole thing. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many men have told me that, and women, all of my pastors. And so Friday morning was the first morning all last week that Ashley was up out of bed. She still didn't feel great. She was still tired, but the headache and the body aches and all the other crud that comes with flu had gone. So it was flu or COVID or y'all didn't take a test and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, but I do think it was the flu. Um, A few of the people in Charlotte, Charlotte got it first and a few of the gals that a whole bunch of her like volleyball teammates and classmates were sick. And those that tested for anything tested positive for flu. Um, That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, because I mean, we've all had COVID multiple times now, yeah. and it it didn't really keep us bedridden like that. Mm, when we had was... Delta, when we had Delta, she didn't get out of bed. Yeah, that not was me. Yeah, I don't guess anyone. It, not in this family, but I. Yeah. We, I don't know if we ever got Delta or not, but those tests we did confirm we hadn't had COVID twice here. Right, the kids once. Aaron and I yeah. twice. Well, y'all got y'all got the OG, right? Y'all got it in November yeah. of 2020. Yeah, we got the OG. We didn't catch anything until July of 21. And, so it uh, mutated pretty good by then. Yeah, I mean that was the one they were saying it's less deadly, but it's more of an ass kicking. But hey, guess what? They're still it's still mutating, and they're still chasing it with vaccines that don't work. Chasing <laughs> the chasing the mutation. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> well, yeah. so I'll wrap this up. Glad she, that she's feeling better though. Yeah, she's a I, lot better today. She was like, definitely in my prayers. Thank you. She's a whole lot better today even than yesterday. Um, but yeah, so Friday morning she was looking better, but she was still super tired. And I was like, honey, I'll, you know, I'm not going to go. And she was like, yes, you are. She's like, you're going. She's like, I got this. And, you know, I left one time to go hunting when she wasn't feeling good and then ended up with strep and like 102 degree fever. And uh, I still apologize for it. I'll just say that. <laughs> But there's been other instances where she said, if I needed you, I would tell you, you can go. And so she said that that day. She's like, I'm telling you, I'm on the back end of it. If I needed you, I would tell you. Hmm. Then at 1130, as I was sort of preparing, I was going to try to get out by like mid-afternoon so I could get there early. I get a text from mom and it says, Papa is taking a turn for the worse and I don't think he has very long. So I'm like, hmm. crap. That just instantly, I was like, you just have, you need to go. Go see him because I hadn't been down there because as soon as he came to from the heart attack and stroke, it was like, hey, he's doing okay. Might yeah. be, you know, might be okay. And I had to go to East Texas on Monday. I was in East Texas Monday night when Ashley came down with a 102 degree fever this time. Ran home Tuesday. So anyway, I thought about it for all of about five seconds and Ashley and I agreed. Like, I got to pack my crap and get out now. Forgot my Bible for a men's retreat. <laughs> I hauled ass to Corpus. Spent an hour with my grandfather. Got to see him. Prayed over him, read the final stanza of the Marine hymn. Do you know that? Mm-mm. And uh, still made it to back to up to Uvalde in time for uh, the first talk of our men's retreat. I'm going to read it real quick uh, because I love it. Because my grandfather and my dad and my best friend are all Marines and the guy who got me to my church as a Marine. I'm not a Marine, just FYI. I don't know if you had. You're my second me. best friend. Okay. If you're, you're going to make me rank them. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Aaron since seventh grade was with us this weekend. And um, man, this is why I'm so full of mixed emotions this week. But he like, he really heard from God for 40 straight hours. 
Mm. Like really like He wants to get baptized now, and he's going to get That's baptized awesome. now. And he met me this morning at six thirty a.m. with an old marine, who's an officer, who was an officer, and who now has a uh, Bible education school. After getting a master's in Jerusalem, he met us for a Bible study this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the third stanza of the Marine Corps hymn says. Here's health to you and to our Corps, which we are proud to serve. In many a strife, we've fought for life and never lost our nerve. If the Army and the Navy ever look on heaven's scenes, they will find the streets are guarded by United States Marines. Love it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I read that to him, and he said, that pretty much says it all, huh? And I was like, yes, sir. Hmm. I said, God's got a post for you. Anyway, uh... So that's how I'm doing. How are you, bud? <laughs> My uh, weekend was, it, we couldn't have been on, uh, you know, further ends of the spectrum. I was partying in Nashville for a work conference. Uh, <laughs> did I say prayers? Yes, but that Good. wasn't, I mean, it was, no, it was eating at nice restaurants in excess, business meetings, whining and dining. Uh, yeah, it was, I'm not going to say a godless weekend, but it, well, he was not front and center, so... At least you were okay. at least you were doing your part for this duo. Um but uh it was I Nashville's a cool town, I'll tell you that. They moved this convention from Vegas, which is filthy Sin City. Uh they that's where it had been for off and on for the last decade or so. And they moved it to Nashville. Uh clean police everywhere. Imagine that. Cops actually keeping law and order. Hmm. Uh great food bars and everything was within walking distance of the convention so that's cool they shattered uh, uh, attendance records and they, they ended up signing a three-year deal to keep it there so yeah it was cool I, i'll definitely take aaron back next year i mean should, i might I, have to tag along with you one of these days it, well yeah so they've got it there for the next two years oh and here's the other thing they had either signed a deal for 2020 uh so it'll be there in 24 25 They'd either signed a deal for 2026 or were working on one to move it to New Orleans. They had this idea that there should be a traveling thing. Uh, the blowback after everyone experienced Nashville was like, why do we want to go to crime-infested New Orleans? No. Dirty old Bourbon and, Street. Wouldn't it be right in the middle of Mardi, Mardi Gras? In the Mardi Gras right so now? I, don't, I think that uh, they're, they're either... If they did sign a contract, I heard a rumor they're trying to get out of it. And that Vegas, we brought so much business to Las Vegas, excuse me, to uh, Nashville, that the city is lobbying hard for us to stay there and like like maybe even financially incentive incentivizing to keep the convention there so cool yeah it was cool um i wrote i flew on an airline though on the way home called uh concourse airlines and they had one ticket counter and aaron was like so what time you get back and i'd send her my itinerary and she goes what is concourse airlines i was like i don't know they don't even have a uh, a, a check-in like an online check-in so I was trying to find my flight information. I couldn't even find where to go, you know, check in ahead of time. They don't send you an email. And then the plane that I was on was one seat on one side, two on the other. And they did a, they just did a roll call, just a roll call. Said your name, you raise your hand if you're present. <laughs> you're on the plane. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Hmm. And then we stopped in Fort Leonard, Fort Leonard, Fort Leonard or Fort Woodward, Mississippi to pick up one guy. 
at a military base. What? How did you end yeah. up with this? What? You I travel was, so much. I like through American Airlines. I don't know. I just was like, the options were get up at 7 a.m. or get on a 7 a.m. flight. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Uh, or fly out at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, boom, that's the option I want. Get home in time to give my kids a kiss and put them in bed and be the hero that, you know, dad came home. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that was the option that I, I chose. And I was rewarded with, uh, you know, going to Fort BFE and BFE, Missouri or Mississippi. I don't know. Did they get you home on time? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. All's well that ends well. Oh, she goes, uh, she goes, we, we only picked up one passenger. Is everyone okay if I don't do the safety speech again? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I booked, oh, so I booked some hunts. Would you like to hear about them? Well, yeah. So, uh, Argentina Red Stag 2024, April 18th through the 24th. You should go. I, uh, I vetted every Argentina outfitter there. Uh, so yeah, Red Stag free range up to 360 inch bulls. They have 10,000 acre property. Uh, is the Lone Star Outdoors show gonna going to sponsor the Justified Pursuit podcast to go to? No, I don't. I don't think Argentina. No, no. But uh, I went ahead and hear what a stingy bastard this guy is. I I got you the best deal available. Um, (laughs) I told you I talked to all the outfitters. I got us a good deal. Free dove hunting if you want to throw that in. Only I mean you have to pay for if you're in Argentina to hunt. But the guys that I'm book you know booked this with are. Or, uh, or or trying to take on this trip, or could the dove hunting is just a bonus? We're we're going for red stag. They have water buffalo. If you want to throw that in there, um, but yeah, so that's twenty twenty four. Uh, rebooked all the Africa stuff, all the way out to twenty twenty five. Should go every year. Should you need to go someday? Moose hunt in uh, Newfoundland for twenty twenty five because we're out that's of where you hunted moose last time, right? Yeah, I'm going with the same outfitter. Same guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and that's Aaron's favorite wild game. She's like, she's like, if there's one thing I want you to hunt, it's moose. Go get another moose. So, but the uh, nice. the Lone Star Door Show sponsored hunt wasn't available again until 2025. So, and then the big one, which Aaron doesn't know how much I spent on this or I'm going to spend on this, was uh, British Columbia mountain goat in 2026. Ooh, boy, yeah. And I uh, ching, bro, might be selling my firstborn. For that one <laughs> yeah yeah all right but, uh, <laughs> but the price on all those things when i the first time i ever looked at a mountain goat hunt it was like nine thousand dollars and back then you oh, know those were more than that 10 years ago i didn't you know nine thousand dollars was completely out of the question well they've gone up since then and you know god is good business has been good but also if you book it three years out then i feel like i can you know squirrel away and sure here and there to do it and the price is only going to keep going up and i'm only going to get older so taking that last part is definitely key if you're talking about going up to goat country yeah so uh so those those are the hunts that i'm that i've booked and i'm super stoked about although if i'm not mistaken the bc mountain goats they're not actually that high right oh no this these are these is this is going to be a physically grinding no i mean it's still grinding Depends on, I guess, what part of British Columbia, but like the coastal, 
part of British Columbia, the highest peaks are like nine thousand. They're not even so they're barely hit. We're we're a little farther inland than that. Okay. Because I You'll did be up in that twelve plus range probably yeah. in like legit Alpine scree country. In the in, it's the Rockies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I priced every goat hunt there, it's dude. Some... And I I got the one that was the the guy. So I called the people that I did the wolf trap line with and they're like, Oh yeah, he's our neighbor. He's also the president of the British Columbia Guides Outfitters Association. So you know to to get that esteemed position within their community. I mean, he's got a yeah, great reputation. Pretty reputable. Absolutely. Yeah. So I felt comfortable there. But dude, there were goat hunts for from what I paid in the 14 range to thirty thousand dollars. And I mean, I would walk was, up I thought like, they were like twenty plus, like at the start. So yeah. Quite a few of them are now. Yeah. And uh but I would walk up and be like, you know casually start talking to every guide from british columbia or alaska that had goat hunts and you know because on their signage there's either a goat or there's a life-size you know full body right. mounted mountain goat there so it's easy to find out who had goat hunts and i mean one of the guys was like yeah i just do one a year it's forty thousand dollars <laughs> i was like yeah and then another guy was like i'll uh i will sell you the goat i'll give you the goat hunt for eight grand but you have to buy a seventy three thousand dollar stone sheep hunt and it's just an add-on. He's like, because it's not worth it to me to take you where we'd be going for one goat. <laughs> yeah. It was... Yeah. Uh, that right there says a lot. <laughs> something else, dude. Something else. What these... It's going to cost 80 grand for you to drag my... For me to drag your ass up to where those animals are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ran into Trump Jr. Got a photo with him. Cool. Tim Wells, the slock master. Longtime friend of my in my other business, he told me what he paid for his first goat hunt in the nineties, and it was like two thousand dollars. Like supply and demand just keeps going up and up and up. But a lot of these outfitters, dude, they think the bubble's going to burst, like with the economy. Times have been good for too long, and that you know, who knows? There are no five figure hunts on my docket for the foreseeable future i can tell you that much what if you could write them off as work expenses you're in a whole i mean literally a totally you know you, you live in a different universe than i do bro yeah it's a different thing. i look at it as you got to spend money to make money and people listening might be like wow this is a very it's your business bro right yeah. right so that, i mean i told you about about butcher it. who i've mentioned many times right my lawyer buddy from chicago which we can segue shortly is he the like, one that doesn't know how to hell? change a tire? Right, that guy. He yeah. was like, what the hell does your friend do that lets him just screw off all the time? I was like, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> screw off? Oh, come on now. That's that's all. Even my wife wouldn't put it that way. And she sometimes thinks that, am I really working? Because to me, it sounded like you just went to Nashville and partied for four days. I mean, this has always been the nature of of business, right? This is how you make relationships. This yeah. is how that next sponsor check gets deposited. That's right. 100%. Yep. Think you signed up any sponsors? Speaking of, or did you just spend money? Uh, reconnected with some existing relationships more than... That's good. Renewals I mean, are, I, look, renewals dude, are is, better than new. This is how it goes, you know, with these trade shows is you get... You meet a bunch of people, you get a bunch of business cards, which I'm going through right yep. now. That then these are just the ones that you know. I thought maybe there was some uh, connection there. Those are the cold. That's the cold catalog. No, these are the. This is a lukewarm one. These are like 
you know. That's what I'm saying. You've already yeah. called out the duds that, you know, are useless. One of our other fraternity brothers, though, who is in a different financial, uh, financial spectrum than you and I, he flew in on his private jet and spent the day with me on uh, Friday. And then we went out to dinner. I was going to split dinner with him until he ordered a $300 bottle of wine. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, don't worry. I'll just get the whole thing. <laughs> that was Eric, I guess. Uh, yes. And then. Uh, it's just a first name that's pretty common. Nobody knows yeah, what we're talking it's about. Just first, yeah. Scandinavian name. Uh, Vikings. But Eric then, Erickson. Uh, then he flew home that night. And He's got a jet now? This company has. Well, him and his business partner own two jets. Yeah. Which he said was gluttonous, and they're going to sell one of them. <laughs> Good job, bro. Yeah. So, anyway, he he spent a lot of money there, and and he was only there for eight hours, and uh, he got himself a new Gunworks rifle. Sweet. Which cost more than my hunt, by the way. Um, yeah. 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 I listen to their podcast. But you know what? You know what he said. Our friend, who's anonymous. Uh, Ish. He said that he is ready to retire and he is looking at how, because God has blessed him with a smart business mind, how he can use the second half of his life to, to God's, to God's glory. Amen, bro. As wealthy cool. as he is. He lives, he lives in San Antonio. I'm probably giving away too much, I guess, at this point, right? Uh, there's a rumor that he lives in that part of the world. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle ish of Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, so anyway, he's a late, He's an uh, adult onset hunter and uh, went to Africa with me 18 months ago and is chomping at the bit to go back. So that's why he was really coming there was to figure out what his next quest was going to be. Cool. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I've been up to. And meanwhile, my poor wife said that this was one of the, of all the times I've been gone, this was the most stressful because all of the kids had activities stacked up on top of each other. And it was just like my mom's birthday was on Sunday and I wasn't, I mean, well, it was actually on Saturday, but I was out of town. So they celebrated Sunday after church and, uh, she, she had to drop Henry off at baseball. So he didn't even get to go. And then she ran over there for an hour and a half and had to juggle, you know, just nonstop all weekend. Just was, she said it was taxing more so than usual, which I think usually it's pretty damn taxing. They're older now. They can wipe their own asses. They can feed themselves breakfast and have been able to for some time. So I don't know. Maybe she was just off of her A game. Sounds like. But that's not what she said. Well, happy birthday, Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. 69. Awesome. That's all I got. Also, well, I'm glad you're home. Uh, not going to be mayor of Chicago anymore. Yeah. That's uh like I said before the call. That's awesome. Can't wait to see what kind of dumpster fire they replace her with. But at least the replacement dumpster fire will not look like Beetlejuice. That seems I think you can take that to the bank. I saw this meme that says she can go back to her daytime job at Bass Pro Shops and it's her going like this and it has a lure in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a fish. She looks like a carp. Just a hideous hideous human being yeah you just called her beetlejuice don't judge me no i'm not i i'm i'm wincing at the image in my head of her she's you know what do they say beauty is only skin deep but she she's hideous on the outside and inside right 
That's right. 100% right. Look what she did to one of the finest cities in the world. Did you ever go, have you ever spent any time in Chicago? I've been there one time to watch the uh, Rangers and Cubs play a series. When was that? Mm, decade ago. When it was still beautiful and awesome? It was pretty, and yeah. I didn't feel... And we didn't go to the south side. You know, that's where the White Sox fans hang out, and that's the violent side. But yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah. I wouldn't go back. I'm my sure neighbors, that it's... My neighbors fled Chicago to move here. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that it's probably not as bad at a glance as I'm, I assume it is based on the type of media that I consume. But, um, you know, I know that like the magnificent mile Michigan Avenue, you know, they basically allowed the whole thing to get ransacked during the summer of love. And then like, if I'm not mistaken, a whole bunch of businesses were like, "Mm, yeah, we're done. We're not coming back. Yeah. So there were boards on windows for quite a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to read this to you. And so my kids had a, a book fair at school this week. And my okay. wife, she is on the, uh, what is it? The, uh, drawing a blank here. PTA? Yeah, she's on the PTA. And she helps, she helped organize the book fair, blah, blah, blah. And she told me that the librarian was very strict. And if there was any like controversial topic like on uh indoctrinating kids on sexual identity or anything of that nature that it would if she if she'd have seen it she'd have thrown it out so mickey's at the book fair our good friend and uh he sends me this and it's called jesse page hey it's okay to be you yeah and the uh one of the pages here i don't know if it's the first page of the book the the preface or what i don't know what it is but it says who you love and i will just read it to you because i don't think the librarian knows that this is in there or she doesn't care i want to talk straight to you about human sexuality it is a natural part of our lives that grows with us at some point every human will be attracted to another human some girls will be attracted to boys and vice versa some girls will be attracted to other girls. This is and the part where it goes off the rails, I guess, right? Yeah, and some boys with to other so boys. Far. People are so obsessed with who's dating who, but the thing is, it doesn't really matter. You love who you love, and you shouldn't no, be funny. judged for it. Who's obsessed with that? Only the 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 left. The 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 that's the word I'm looking for. The activists. They're the only ones obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else cares. Go ahead. Remember that. Not just for yourself, but for your friends, your family, and everyone. The most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. Know yourself. Love and accept every part of you. Then you can love and accept the people around you, too. The irony, dude. That's the end of the the page there, which he sent me, you know, as... And it says, hey, I'm at the book fair, and, the, and these are what he sent me. And my wife, meanwhile, was telling me that the librarian was, you know, running a a tight ship on this type of stuff, but there it is whether she knew it or not. So I haven't talked to Mickey about it. Um, just responded with a text that you don't know. What, you don't want to know. I can't read what my text said, but wasn't good. And this is not good. And McKinney, Texas, uh, a book available to kindergarten through fifth graders. 
What's your most important relationship in your life? Well, the the obvious answer is God. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the obvious. It's the right answer. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Second, I assume, would be your wife. Correct. Kids shortly after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know how this stuff is, how I know this stuff is satanic? Because the Satanists say, do as thou wilt. And you are your own God. So when they say the most important relationship in your life is your own with yourself, that's Satan. Like, I, I'm not like stretching. I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm saying Satanists say that. That's satanic. So I see. Awesome. I interpreted that in completely different. I understand and, and agree with what you're saying. But when I read love and accept every part of you, then you can love and accept the other people around you. To me, that was the pot calling the kettle black because then you can love and accept the people around you too. But what they do is they don't love people that disagree I, with them. No, they don't. I don't have so much problem with that part because Jesus said the second most important commandment is to love others as you, as you love yourself. So that means you're supposed to love yourself and forgive yourself and have grace for yourself, right? That's why you lay everything at the cross and you're born again with a new life, right? But didn't you say she said the most important relationship? Yeah, yeah, no. And the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. Right, know that's yourself. the part. Right. That's the part that's so, satanic. And I doubt very seriously that the person who wrote that, cogn you know, uh, like, that that they call themselves a Satanist. No, but they're saying the same sure things the Satanists say, right? That's yeah. the thing, is like, This spiritual battle has a whole bunch of good people with good intentions, deceived, that don't know any better because they don't even know that the motto of the Church of Satan is "Do as thou wilt." Right? They don't. Well, the they don't Bible know. Very clearly says, "Don't be of the world." I I would argue don't most Christians live in the flesh. Right? I, I would argue that most. I shouldn't have said Christians, but I would argue that a huge portion of Americans have no idea that that's part of the Bible. And if they have any clue, they don't know what the hell it means. I bet a lot of Christians don't know what that means. Um, just look, all you have to do is look on social media. We're borderline. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, borderline pornography is not only accepted, it's promoted. I was thinking for some reason just this morning, like you want to prove to somebody that the devil is real. Show them all the different category categories of porn on Pornhub. Yeah. Mm. Gets pretty demonic pretty freaking quick over there. Yeah. Yeah. We're well, leaving it. We started on a on a heavy note and we're leaving it on a very dark note. But I'm But in the middle, at least there was some partying in Nashville. So hopefully that <laughs> uplifted your spirits just a tad. <laughs> yeah. And 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 God clearing the devil out of my way so I could get to my men's retreat. And you know, I'll be praying for your family. Um, sounds like your grandfather said 13 days he was ready to go. And when they get to that age, sometimes you just got to let them go. So That's right. I'm hurting well, for his, you, his passing, but... his passing was a blessing yeah. and I'm thankful. Yeah. And I'm super thankful that my cousin and my mom were able to get him to say that prayer before he went. And I'm super thankful that mom's text came at the last possible minute for me to get there and see him and still mm -hmm. make it to my men's retreat. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for 
episode 117 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. We'll see you guys next week. It's springtime. There's an uplifting note. It means turkeys. Apologize, sir.